You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Fully Occupied Show. We hope you had a good time off with your friends and family for the holidays, but we are back in action here. Speaking of action, uh, we got a pretty cool episode for you this year. Whether you're into New Year's resolutions or not, our guest is Jackson Bloor. Jackson is a founding fitness coach for Tonal. Uh, he's a best-selling author, and you can find him at actionjacksonfitness.com, where he helps people realize their fitness dreams. Anyways, Jackson is married to Anya Austri of CBRE, who was a previous guest of ours who thought he would be a good guest for our show, and we have to agree. So for our first episode of 2023, we're going to walk through some actionable steps that you could take to improve your health. Um, if you're a hardworking professional or you're just looking to turn the page in, in a new year, Hopefully this uh, this episode will hit home for you. So check it out, and thanks for tuning in. Hey, Anya. Hey, Jackson. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks sure, absolutely. Us. Uh, we have Anya here. She's a return guest. Uh, had, had a recent episode about you know return to the office uh, with respect to commercial real estate, um, but she has uh, gracefully brought her significant other onto the show, who is um, an expert in the world of wellness of fitness. And we thought there would be a really cool parallel conversation here to talk a little bit about how people are dealing with kind of the calamity of work today and how they can maintain their health and their mindset and their fitness. And therefore, we have Jackson here. Jackson, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm Jackson Bloor. Um, and let's see, where do, where, where do I begin? So I'm uh, currently an online fitness coach. I've been an award-winning personal trainer. I've written a best-selling book on Amazon. Uh, I'm a founding coach over at Tonal, and um, kind of as uh, far as how I got started, I got started in fitness with my first weight set when I was five years old. My dad bought me a Hulkamania weight set. I have photos to prove it. Then, <laughs> long story, I was a software architect. I eventually quit my job, started this fitness business called Action Jackson Fitness, and uh, here I am today. Nice. Well, it's, it's great to have you. So, um, Anya, I think you and I originally talked a lot about um, the world that we live in, commercial real estate, and I think a lot of the folks in that industry, whether you're on the broker side or the landlord side or even you know, the occupier side, we're talking about high-performing individuals who are probably really intense about their jobs, um, and, and now we're in a, a market that is very uncertain, so it seems like there's all these stressor elements coming in to everybody's lives right now of, of, you know, post pandemic, how do I readjust back to a normal life? Um, difficult economy or real estate market coming up. How's that going to impact my, my income and my family? And these are all things that I, I think could potentially kind of derail people from, you know, their, their own personal well being. So um, if we were to parallelize that with, with Jackson's world, if, if you're, feeling stuck and you're one of these people who's just like, you know, slave to their job and doesn't feel like they're in the right spot. How do you, what are the kind of, how do you get yourself out of the hole? What are the first steps you would, you would take? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so if you're feeling stuck, you feel like you can't get out of this place. Like that's obviously not a good place to be in. So I'd say the first thing that you would need to do is 
probably start with your mindset. Like, okay, start thinking through some solution oriented stuff. So a lot of people focus on the problem. It's kind of one of these things where like where your focus goes, energy flows. And the more you focus on the problem, the bigger it expands and expands and expands. They teach you when you drive race cars, if you look at the wall, you're going to hit the wall. So if you're focused, so focused, I'm so stuck, I can't get out of this. Human beings have this sort of pattern of thinking. It's cir circular thinking. You just think about it over and over and over. It ruminates. So you need to kind of break that pattern, like have a pattern interrupt, whatever that can be. You could use the five second rule, count down from there, but you need some sort of pattern interrupt. And then you start thinking about, okay, what are some really small things? What's like one little tiny thing I can do today to start to begin to break out of that mold? Can I do 10 push-ups? Can I get one 10 minute workout? It doesn't have to be huge. A lot of people, especially high performers, I'm sure a lot of high performers listen to this podcast. They think they need to be perfect. Uh, if, if I can't work out five days a week, why work out one? And fitness, health, fitness, it's just not like that. So much better to work out 10 minutes a day and just do that five days a week than to work out no minutes a day, right? It's going to be infinitely better. So it, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be all at once. It could be one little small step at a time. There's this great book, which turned into a documentary called Touching the Void. I love this book. It's about these two climbers that were down in South America. They're doing some pair climbing just by themselves and they're attached by a rope. One of the climbers ends up breaking his leg. They're trying to get down the mountain. They're not going to make it. The guy falls into a crevasse. His climbing partner has to cut the rope, leaves him on the mountain, goes back to base camp. This guy's going to die on the mountain. He's got a broken leg. He somehow over the next five days manages to crawl his way over rocks, everything with a broken leg through crevasses down this mountain back to base camp. And he made it. And they said, this is amazing. How did you do this? This is incredible. He said, I did it like 50 yards at a time. I would just look ahead 50 yards. I would look at my watch and say, can I make it to that rock in 20 minutes? Well, let me try. And he would just try to crawl and he would make it to the rock. Oh, I made it. And then he would do it again and again and again. And that's how you accomplish big, huge things. So if you're feeling super stuck and you want to go from stuck to climbing Mount Everest or getting a six pack or losing 50 pounds, great. But the way you're going to start, the way you're going to get there is by eating one healthy meal, by skipping alcohol maybe one time, by getting one workout in, doing 10 push-ups. That's how you're going to get there. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people, you know, beat themselves up really hard because they trip up on their goals and, you know, whether it's fitness or work or family or life, you, you potentially go into that kind of like circular motion where you're always stop starting and stopping and starting and stopping and trying to break that cycle. But if we were to break down kind of the, kind of the, the aspects of being a healthy person, mm -hmm. um, well, I think the adage always goes just like, you know, if you want a six pack abs, start in the kitchen, right? <laughs> so it's the, it's like the diet the diet aspect of what we're doing. And I have a bit of a different theory on that, but sure. Yeah. I well, yeah. I mean, it. yeah, of course you want to do, there's other ways to do it, but um, I, I can personally say like working from home in 2020 and 2021 was like disastrous for me and my diet. Cause I was just like at home. It was, I could eat whatever I wanted all day long. Um, you know, at weird times. And it was seemed like there was just this constant uh, just like flow of time that was happening and there was no, routine oriented around like eating habits, for example. So yeah. do you think, do you think that like work from home is, is dangerous in that, in that way? And like, how do people stay disciplined around, uh, you know, what they eat? 
um, with sure. respect to their, their overall health. So a lot there to unpack. You said a lot of different things. So I'm going to try to unpack it one thing at a time. So the first thing you said was like, people can beat themselves up and you're right. They can. And here's the thing that people need to understand about that is like, think about anybody you've ever worked for. If you've ever had a boss in your life and almost everybody's had a boss at some point. Now, if you have a boss and they come down on you all the time, like imagine like in this relationship, if I, if I said to you, do X and Y and Z and do it this way. And if you don't do it that way, man, I'm going to, you'd look at me like I was crazy. You'd be like, I'm not doing it. I would leave you. You would leave. Exactly. We'd be getting divorced. So if I want her to do something or I want myself to do something, what's a better way of doing it? The same way a boss would do it. They say, hey, here's the outcome I want. And this is kind of how I'm thinking about it. And this is how I might do it. But, you know, go ahead and do it however you want. They give you some autonomy. They give you some agency over things. They certainly push you in the right direction and they give you the outcome. But once you get the outcome, it's like you can go about it however you want. All right, we want to have a good relationship. Well, how do we go about doing that? We have to influence each other in order to do things that we want so we can each meet our goals and live a great life. So you have to sort of bargain with yourself in that sense. You can't be a tyrant to yourself because if you have a tyrant for a boss, if you have a tyrant that is ruling over you or a tyrant as a partner, that doesn't work. So being a tyrant to yourself isn't going to work. That's the first thing you should change is the way you speak to yourself matters a lot. If we're having a conversation and she says something wrong, she says, I'm stupid. I say, no, you're not. You're not stupid. Don't say that about yourself. I mean, all the time, mm-hmm. how you speak to yourself matters. That's the first, that, again, mindset. That's, that's one of the first places I would start. Now let's fast forward through a little bit of like the environment, working from home. Anytime you shift your routine, your behavior significantly like that, that's going to oftentimes have some sort of negative outcome in, in the short term. But it could be the best time of your life or it could be the worst time of your life. I had one client who was really struggling with eating out all the time, alcohol, food, social pressures. He lost 125 pounds during COVID. For him, best time of his life ever because he took control of his environment and he was able to then have the outcome. So what most people do is they don't take control of their environment or even think about their environment. So it's like, okay, I'm at home all the time. What am I doing? Well, I'm snacking all the time. I'm grazing. I'm doing all of these things. Okay, what should I do? Maybe clean up your environment. Instead of having candy on the counter or having all these, you know, snacky, what we call domino foods around, maybe get rid of those or replace them with healthy fruits and vegetables and other good, healthier things. Yeah, put your office office really far away from the kitchen or something simple is like, well, you know, it's out of sight, out of so mind. It's right? incredibly simple in terms of out of sight, out of mind. Yes, you're, you're, you're completely correct. So you, yeah, you have to just set yourself up for success. And it's one of the first things I talk about with my clients is like, set yourself up for success, right? So clean up your environment, get some healthier things in there. And it doesn't mean you can't ever have those little treats or bad foods or whatever snack foods that you want. You can have them, but you'd want to have like single serving packages for things, not big, huge bags. And you want to make them difficult <laughs> Uh, to to get to. So don't put them on your desk, put them in the back of a pantry or up in a shelf that makes it harder to get to. Something as simple as that can go a very long way. The other thing that you can do is it gets a lot of, I think it gets a little bit overhyped, but intermittent fasting is a very, very useful tool because for a lot of people, changing what they eat and changing the portion size of what they eat is very hard, like very, very difficult. I mean, people try it all the time. I'm going to go from eating pizza and chicken wings or whatever to eating chicken and broccoli. That's very hard. 
or I'm going to go from eating, you know, a lot, whatever I want to now I'm restricting myself. That's very hard too. But a time restriction is actually quite simple and easy to do. It doesn't take a lot of thought. It doesn't take a lot of, um, it, it takes far less discipline and willpower than you would think counterintuitively. So that's something you can do. There's like three different levers you can pull on if you want to essentially lose your weight, lose body fat, or even maintain. It's, it's time restriction, right? Limiting the amount of hours that you're going to eat. It's macronutrient restriction. That's where things like carnivore or keto come into play, where you simply eliminate one macronutrient. The reason that works is not because those diets are special or amazing or unique. It's because they limit a macronutrient, so therefore they limit your calories and then you eat less food. Um, and then the other thing is to obviously have some sort, sort of portion control. That could be literally portion control. That could be tracking macros or even tracking calories. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how did you deal with it? You yeah, I was gonna... went from office to home. So yeah. what was your experience? So for me, it, it was counting macros. That's that's what I do. And he was trying to get me to do it for a long time because I would complain I would say, I want to lose weight. I want to do this. I want to, and, and with COVID, when COVID first started, everybody, we just like everyone else were overindulging. And then what ended up happening is once I was able to dial in my macros, I realized I could eat the things I wanted to eat. I just had to make sure that I was balancing it. So that is what helped me immensely. And then also going back to the office helped me immensely. And this isn't a plug for me because I know I do make money when people go to the office, but for me, it breaks up my day and it allows for me to literally have focused time where I'm not distracted being in the house and just grabbing a snack or something like that. And then another thing I've actually done with my team with us being back in the office at least three days a week is we go to Pilates classes together or there'll be like four or five of us, or we'll go to a yoga class together. And that was sort of taboo. I would say two, three years ago, like no one really did that. You were in the office from eight to five and you were working the entire time. Now I'm like, Hey, it's four 30. We've been working since 6am. Let's go to Pilates. And it's not only team building, but it's healthy. So it's better yeah. than going for happy hour and things like that. Yeah. And I think I'm in the same boat as you. I'm, I'm a very routine driven person. So it's so much better for me to be in my office Yes. Uh, when it comes to diet because I prep my meals. I'll, I'll bring something healthy. You know, every once in a while you, you go out for lunch with the team and you, you get a big sandwich or something and, you know, yeah. you can't beat yourself up for that. But um, w one other aspect of it, I think that um, our audience will probably benefit from learning some tips and tricks too, is like, what about travel? Because I think when I, when I travel, that's another time where I kind of like, I, I saw you in Chicago, Anya. For yes, like a hot second there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like, you know, you're at a conference, you're eating conference food, you're going out for drinks, you're doing pretty much everything that you shouldn't be doing <laughs> on a consumption basis. But so how, like, how would you deal with, if you're, if you're a road warrior, I, I find that probably be, to be like the hardest, like position to be in to stay healthy. Yeah. Traveling certainly does make it more difficult and challenging, but not impossible. Like nothing's impossible, right? So if you have a strategy and you have a strong enough reason why you're doing something, human beings can achieve the literally limitless things. So um, when it comes to traveling, like that's where one, another place where intermittent fasting can be very helpful because people think, well, if I don't eat for a couple hours, I'm going to die. And then they're like on the plane, they're like, I, I, need, I need food. I'm, I'm starving. And that's another dangerous thing. You're not starving. Um, you might be a little hungry. You might be um, having a carb craving or a sugar, you know, 
your blood sugar might be coming down, but you're not starving. So um, intermittent fasting can be helpful in that sense, because if you don't have access to good, healthy foods, like if you're in the airport and they don't have good food options and you're traveling all day on planes, well, that's where intermittent fasting can be very helpful because you don't have to eat. You don't have to. You cannot eat. You know what I've noticed in the airports too now? There are healthier options available. Like I was in the airport in Chicago and I noticed, oh my God, there's protein shakes here with 42 grams of protein. Like, wow, this probably isn't the shake I would have chosen at home, but hey, this will definitely keep me full while I travel for four hours on the plane back home instead of making a situation a choice to get a cheese board or something like that while I'm on the plane, which I have fallen victim to a few times. <laughs> and it happens to everybody. It's yeah. the keys not to beat yourself up, but then to think, just have a little bit of self-awareness. Most people lack like all levels of self-awareness across the board, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but just think about, well, why did I just eat that? Or, or what, what was the cue? So people on planes, I, I, if you, again, this is where knowing can really open up your eyes to something. Next time you're on a plane, just, just sit back and watch when they walk around with the snacks. If you did a poll of every individual before they passed the snacks out and said, are you hungry? Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Most people would probably say no, but yet when they pass the snacks out, everybody takes them and everybody eats them. Why? It's free. Just cause that's, yeah, it's, it's just habit. There. It's available. It's there. Here you go. This is what I'm supposed to do. Everyone else is doing it. So I'm going to do it. And I've always been of the mindset um, that if everybody's going in that direction, I'm like, hmm, wonder what it's going to be like to go over here. So there's a quote from Mark Twain where he says, if you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. So I always think about that. If everybody's doing X, why not Y? Or what would the opposite of that look like? So just, just, just sit back and watch that and you'll see everybody take the snacks and just eat them regardless of hunger. So that's yeah. 200, 300 calories that they're consuming that they don't necessarily need or even want, but then they're just doing it out of habit. And I'm sure we've all been there. We've all done that ourselves. So that's like a small little thing is like, just be mindful of, am I eating out of hunger or not? Or am I eating out of habit? And the studies that I've seen more recently that talk about this show that the majority of the time nowadays, especially because food is so plentiful and available, people don't eat out of hunger. They eat out of boredom procrastination, habit. These are the reasons why most stress. people eat. Stress. Yeah. yeah. Other things to, as a coping mechanism. So some awareness around your, uh, around what you're doing just to make small little substitutions, not having that snack on the plane that saves you 200 calories. That could be the difference between gaining a few pounds a year or not. Um, intermittent fasting could be very useful if you're traveling, if you're on planes, airports, there are more healthy options nowadays at airports. Like I was at the airport traveling back from Miami and there was two places. There was a salad place and then there was a pizza place right next to each other. And of course, the line at the pizza place was out the door. I didn't go to either because I planned ahead and I went to Whole Foods and had a salad and a bunch of stuff before I got there, knowing it's probably not going to be a lot of food options at the airport. But again, most people don't think through that, like even spend yeah. five minutes, like not even five minutes thinking about it. And then they get to the airport and they're like, oh, I don't know. I guess I'll just eat this. And then they think, oh, well. You know, I can't figure out why I can't lose weight. It's like, just think through your behavior just a little bit, add a little bit. And I think then once you start to add a little self-awareness, you could start to make just, again, subtle, small decisions, one after another, after another, that can begin to build better, healthier habits. But then also that can begin to uh, really shift your mindset and your identity around things. Another thing is like with alcohol. 
every time you go to a social event, does that mean you have to have a drink? One of the things I do with my clients is I make them go no alcohol just for one month. Not because I want them to never have a drink again or alcohol is the worst thing ever in the world, but because I want them to be able to build the awareness around and build a relationship themselves with alcohol, a relationship that's based on their intention, their goals, and what they want to do, not based on social cues or norms or habits or what other people want. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you you have to train your mind to, to understand the decisions that you're making and have those um, be tied to some sort of outcome that you're looking for. So the first thing you talked about is like, how do we define the outcome that we want? Do we want to lose 50 pounds? Do I want a six pack? Do I want whatever? What are, name it. But you have to then be able to kind of pull all the decisions back to that outcome. Like, is this actually getting me closer to that goal? Um, and that, you know, there's so many aspects of life that you have to think about. We're talking about eating and, and, and alcohol, but like if we shifted it over to the fitness side of things. So founding trainer at Tonal, the, the fitness world has somewhat gotten flipped on its head over the last two years, I guess. I mean, we bought oh, Peloton sure. and, you know, that's what I worked out on for like literally a year because I couldn't go to my gym. Now I'm going back to the gym. But um, how are people thinking about their their gym membership or their fitness these days? Because there's so many more options out there and there's so many different um, ways people are going through their days. It's not it's not like the nine to five where you go to Equinox and then you go home or you go to work and then you go to the gym. It's, it's very different now. What's what's the landscape like from your perspective? Yeah, I never considered myself in workout from home kind of guy ever in my life. Like I was always gym, 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 gym. And then once I couldn't go to the gym anymore, it was like, oh my gosh, like what am I going to do now? And my relationship with Tonal, like having one at the house was just so huge. And again, I never would have thought I could just work out at home and just leverage something like Tonal and, and achieve good results. But I had to, I didn't have a choice and I made it work and it did work. So I think things like Tonal, things like Peloton, um, even just, you know, if you got your own, a few pieces of equipment at, at your house, that can go so far. I mean, we've had, we have friends that have Tonals now and they'll say things like, yeah, I just, I don't even plan working out for the day. I just wait until somebody cancels on a meeting and then I just do a workout because it's basically in my office. And nowadays with access to equipment like that in your house, it removes the commute, it removes parking, going to the locker room, like all of these things. And you get rid of all these things. And now you just literally cut back on, you know, if, you, if you think about it, if you want to go to the gym for an hour, well, it's even if it's close, 10 minutes to drive there, park, get out your car, go in, locker room, change, go out to the gym floor, warm up, do your workout, like all these steps. And you can eliminate most of those by working out at home now. And there's such fantastic and incredible equipment available at home. It's like there's almost no excuses at this point where it is so accessible. It can be so easy and you can do it when your kids are napping. If you have young kids, you can do it when your meeting cancels. Like you could squeeze in 10 minutes and get a work, a great workout in. I mean, because the equipment and the access is there, it's never been better. So, the, I mean, the landscape is just getting better and better. And if you want to go to the gym and you can, and you can work on your schedule, Great. But you also don't have to anymore, which is really freeing. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. And one thing the connected fitness world is doing is it's taking out that guessing game of what do I do when I get to the gym? Because that's all yeah. that also creates quite a lag. And so 
if you talk about efficiency and wanting to get your work done and being productive, it's like, if I know I can just hop on the bike and someone's going to take me through a ride and I don't need to think about it or I hop on the tonal and a trainer's taking me through the workout, it takes the guessing game out of it, which allows you to save more time. Yeah. Same question that I asked at the beginning with respect to, to, to my uh, just general well-being. If, if I'm one of these people that's feeling stuck and I want to, I want to get off the couch and get to the gym. I mean, you talked about, you don't feel like you need to work out five days a week for an hour, just do something for 10 minutes. So like, how, how did, like, I, I would imagine you, you have customers across the spectrum, um, clients that are super intense athletes all the way to that person who's like overweight and wants to change their life. Like, if you started at that end of the spectrum, like what are, what are some tips and advice that you have for people that just want to get started? Yeah. So you're correct. I have people all over the spectrum. And what I find is there's often uh, well, I helped, let's see, I've helped a few people lose a hundred pounds now, but last year I helped two people alone. One female client her name was Robin. She lost 102 pounds in 11 months. Uh, she was going to do weight loss surgery and me and her husband convinced her not to, and to give it a try. And I said, Hey, after a month, if you still want to do it, you can go. And she set her appointment for a month, canceled it, never looked back, lost 102 pounds. And then I helped another client over COVID, uh, a male client um, named Connor, lose 125 pounds uh, in around 12 months. So, I mean, I have people that do start way back from that. Just, I can't, I'm so stuck. I need surgery phase. And the thing is, is like, it starts with a bit of a commitment or it starts with, this just desire that I'm doing this no matter what, if you don't have that, it it doesn't mean that you necessarily believe it can happen because she had the surgery appointment. Like literally she made the appointment. She's like, I'm going to make this appointment as a backup. I don't know if I can do this, but she at least had the belief that I'm changing this no matter what. And she had the belief of like, this is possible to change. And I'm going to at least trust you that it's possible. So you need to have at least an inkling of belief of possibility, but you need to have a massive level of commitment that I'm changing this no matter what. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you don't have those two things, you're you're just never going to do it because you're just going to feel like you're pushing a boulder uphill constantly, and you're never going to build any sort of real momentum. So if you have that belief, one of the things I, I like to recommend people do to kind of build that belief is write a list of a hundred amazing, incredible, positive, like over the moon outcomes that are going to happen if you achieve your goal. If it's to lose hundred pounds or whatever it is, like what are the going to be the downstream benefits, more energy, more productivity. Um, maybe I can get a promotion at work. I could improve my finances, improve my relationship. I can travel more, be more active, but even think downstream for that. I'm going to be a positive influence to my kids. One of the reasons I'm so like fanatical about fitness is because my dad worked out every day and I saw him do that. That instilled that habit in me. And now we have what's called general, not generation, generational wealth, but generational health. So you're going to be that positive influence on your kids and they're going to adopt those healthy habits than their kids. So once you write all these hundred reasons down, write 50 reasons, terrible, worst, like awful, like most heinous things that'll happen if you don't do it. I will die early. I'll get cancer. I'll get heart disease. I'll have diabetes. Uh, like anything that's just God awful, God forbid awful. And then you look at that list, 50 negative things, 100 reasons why, and just internalize the emotion of that, of those things happening. When I wanted to get my online fitness business off the ground, it took me two years. I made no money for two years. I wrote a list, all those reasons why, 
on a list of things that were going to happen is this relationship would be over. I wouldn't be able to be a, a, a financial support partner to my wife. Um, we, I'd have to move out of this house, potentially move back in with my parents, like all these terrible things. And that can be an incredibly powerful driver because it gives you something to run towards, but it also gives you something to run away from. And if anybody's ever chased anything in their life, you know, when you're running towards something, you'll run pretty fast. But if you're running away from somebody or something, you'll run a heck of a lot faster. So if you have both of those things to drive you, that could be even more power, powerful. So it starts with that, that, that like commitment and having that, that kind of reason of why you want to do this and, and that power. Then a little bit of possibility that I can do this. Maybe I don't know if you just have to have some. And then it's just getting started. Now, there's two groups of people. There's people that go zero to 180, and that could be their way that they shift, meaning it's just full immersion, right? There's like people that learn languages this way. They just go and immerse themselves in it, and that's like they're just going to learn it. And then there's the people who are more dabblers or just make small little adjustments and changes. So you have to have a little bit of self-awareness there, or you have to just try one or the other to see which camp you fall into. Because I've had clients who fall into the camp of like, we're doing everything. We're changing the diet. We're changing the ex exercise. We're changing mindset. We're doing everything. Like whatever it takes, I'm doing it. And we're, we're changing everything about my life from, from the start. And they want to go all in. It's not perfect. It's not easy, but they do it. And there's other clients who will take a little bit more of a measured approach. It's like, all right, hey, let's just start by drinking half your weight in ounces of water. Let's just start with that. Okay, now that we're doing that for a week, how does that feel? That feels good. I feel I feel better. Great. Why don't we start by walking on the treadmill for 10 minutes, you know, three times a week? Can you manage that? I think I can manage that. Great. Let's do that. All right. Why don't we start then next with intermittent fasting? Let's just, you know, just only eat for like eight hours a day. Can you can you manage that? Okay, I could push my breakfast back two hours and do that. Great. Let's let's go there. And then you do what's called habit stacking. You stack one habit upon the next, upon the next, upon the next. So depending on which of those two camps you fall into, it's either full immersion, let's go, or it's let's just stack one little thing at a time and move from there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's based on your personality and the constraints you have and, on your life and time and all, you know, all of the above. It's a... Uh, I think getting a coach or community can be yeah. massively helpful as well, because if you're trying to do this on your own and you have no partner support at, at your home, you have no family support, you have no coach, you have no like no strategy and no community. I think you're just you're bound to fail. So I think you need either some type of coach, maybe you and your wife do it together. Um, that woman that I talked about who lost 102 pounds in 11 months, her husband went through a journey. He lost 37. He didn't have quite as much to lose, but they did that journey together. And that's what made it so powerful in, in the days that she didn't feel like necessarily doing it. Well, I mean, I was there obviously to coach her and to help her, but also her husband was there to kind of push her along. And the days that he didn't feel like doing it, she's like, Hey, you know, we got to do this. Come on. So, yeah. I mean, having a, especially a partner that supports your goals and your dreams and your mission, that. I mean, that alone, if, if, if you can get your, your partner, or your spouse on board to help, I mean, I know I wouldn't be here where I'm at today without, without my wife. So if it wasn't for her, there's no possible way I'd be doing any of the stuff I'd be doing. I'd still probably be sleeping on a mattress on the floor in San Francisco in some crappy apartment <laughs> where I didn't have a couch or a TV or anything. That's probably what I'd still be doing. So yeah, which is where he was when I met him. <laughs> 
I was going to say, Anya, you have like no excuses now. I mean, you have the ultimate motivator in, in your in your house 24-7. People ask me what it's like <laughs> all the time to live with this person. And it it can be intense at times. And, and I'm grateful for it 99% of the time because I couldn't imagine where I would be, even in my own career or on my own fitness journey, if I didn't have someone like him as my partner, because I've got, I mean, I have every excuse in the book not to take care of myself, especially with how stressful work is these days and, you know, dealing with clients and all of that. It's, it's, uh, I feel like I, I I would have a a pretty long list of excuses, but I'm grateful. It's probably difficult. Sometimes I have to like ask her, Hey, is this something you just want me to listen to? Or do you want advice? Cause I'm so used to people coming to me for advice all the time. It's like, all right, fix this problem, Jackson, give me some advice. So I'm like, is this a fix it situation? Or you just want me to listen situation? Cause I'm, I'm so like problem solving mode, but I can tell you with hundred percent certainty that people think it's hard to, she might think it's hard to live with me. I mean, she is, an absolute beast talk about getting up at 4 a.m sometimes like 4 a.m she'll get up at 4 30 5 a.m working like she pushes me and a lot of times i'm like holy cow i need to step up my game because she's getting after it so hard all the time i mean she's always meeting with clients uh jumping on meetings working out getting up early i got to get through these emails like i'm like wow i mean when, when she's not here, when I get really sad, not just because I miss her so much because I love her, but also because I'm not quite as disciplined. I'm not quite as motivated because waking up next to her and just seeing her already getting up out the door, like, all right, let's go. I'm like, man, I got I to gotta go. Let's go. Step it up. Step it up. <laughs> yep. That's right. <laughs> I don't think people realize how, how hard she works, how much she cares, and how ambitious uh, she is. Like, she's got huge, big goals and dreams and... Um, I thought I had big goals and dreams. I thought I was ambitious and worked hard. And then I met her and I was like, I've met my match and then some. Well, I'm sure her clients and her teammates uh, appreciate how, uh, how how badass she is at everything. But uh, let's, uh, I think this is a good segue point into our, our final segment here is we, Jackson, ton, ton to unpack from all of that. Whoever's listening in to the show, I would, I would almost say you should listen to this twice just to get all the content out of it. But it's been a great conversation, I think, for just like the general working person that's just trying to figure out life. Yeah. Um, can I can I say one thing before we jump into the last part? So yeah, yeah. Again, just to go back to the feeling stuck and not motivating. What do I do? Like we talked about mindset. We talked about getting started. Little things. The, the biggest key, and this is what my whole business is based on, my whole life has been based on. My business is called Action Jackson Fitness. People call me Action Jackson. That's like my persona. And I built that based on what? Based on action. And my tagline is action is the difference between dreaming and succeeding. And while that's a fun, cute tagline, it's great. If you really think about it, internalize it, and the research will show this. There's books like The Motivation Myth. Mel Robbins talks about this all the time, The Five Second Rule. You're never going to feel like it, especially at first. You're not going to feel like eating healthy. You're not going to feel like skipping the drink. You're not going to feel like working out. You're not going to feel like getting up early or any of these things. You will not. But the key is, and this is so fascinating, it's so counterintuitive, is is that by doing the thing, you will then feel motivated, right? It's way easier, far easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than it is to think your way into a new way of acting. 
Yeah. And if you need to listen to that again, listen to that again. It's far easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of acting. So if you just do the thing, even in a small dose that you don't necessarily want to do, in the beginning, it's going to be very hard. But once you start doing it, that's when you'll feel motivated. Like how many times, and, and I'm sure listeners will, will can relate to this, how many times have you not wanted to work out? But then you're like, ah, I'm just going to do it anyway. Or you you told a partner or a friend that you were going to meet him for a class and you go and do it and you go, I'm, I'm so glad I did that. I feel so much better now. Yeah. But before you didn't want to do it. So by doing the thing and taking action, that is going to make you feel motivated. And once you feel motivated, you'll build momentum. And once you build momentum, that's when you can shift your identity and then your whole life can change. Yeah. Same thing with work, you know, get, get something done you get something hard done early in the morning and you'll feel so much more motivated for the rest of the day because like wow oh yeah i already did that you know now 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 i can check all these other boxes off my to-do list rather than just feeling like coming into work and like oh what do i do what do i have so much to do i don't know what to do you just got to do something it's just that that weighs on you it gets heavy if you if you don't hit it head on so i agree with you cool all right rapid fire questions um since we have a couple here on the show um, let's, uh, let's go with question one. How did, how did you two meet? We met in a dive bar in San Francisco. It no longer exists. It's in the Marina district okay. and it's called bar none. And it's right across the street from bus stop. A lot of people watch sports games at bus stop, but, uh, yeah, it's on union street, San Francisco on a Sunday, very random, but old school met in a bar. I was there with a friend. He had in and out for the first time and uh, didn't realize what that would do to his insides. So he had to leave and go use the restroom. And I was there by myself. And I I was like, well, I better talk to some ladies. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a psychopath. And I was like, all right, who looks very nice and like a very intellectually stimulating person? And I saw (laughs) her and I was like, she looks like she's good in conversation. So that's what happened. There we are. All right. Question two. Um, what are your favorite exercises and, and types of exercise or workouts? For me, so I I love anything with a barbell on tonal. That's where I feel like I have the most control. I get the best results. So I love anything with a barbell, barbell deadlifts, barbell overhead, overhead press, all of that. And then off tonal, I enjoy Legree Pilates. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I love any, any and all kinds of exercise. Uh, obviously, working out with weights is kind of my bread and butter. But the thing I'm getting into more and more now, especially as I get older, is, is crazy enough. It's like it's yoga. I love deadlifting. I love squatting. I love doing all those things. But I've been getting more into yoga because, one, I'm, I'm not very good at it. So that's kind of a challenge and kind of interesting, and it gets me into it. But uh, the other reason is that the more I, I do it, the more, like, loose and mobile and flexible. I just, I just feel good after doing it. And I had the fortune to work with uh, Tony Horton over the last number of years and get to know him really well. And he's 64 and he's still doing this fitness game and he still looks amazing. And I'm always like, what are the keys, man? How, how, how are you still doing this? And he's like, yoga. He's like, and uh, yoga and, and just being strict on my diet and sleep schedule and everything and just more discipline. So I think your body gets a little more sensitive as you get older. And if you can then just recognize that and then just do the things you need to do to stay at this level, you can go pretty far. And really, I mean, age is just a number at that point. Yep. Um, Okay. When you're actually not exercising, it sounds like you guys are constantly exercising. 
What are you doing? No, it's not. We don't. Do I probably exercise like maybe ten hours a week. Right, what are your yeah? Like, what are your favorite things to do when you're not when you're not exercising or coaching people when they're exercising? We love to travel. We just got back from Greece and had a fabulous time. That was actually our belated honeymoon. Uh, we love going to Napa wine country. We have some really great places that we go in Napa. A lot of them are in the Duckhorn family. Um, and honestly, we just enjoy spending time together, like walking the dog. And actually that's the time that we get to connect with one another and also talk about, Hey, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's where we do like our check-ins with each other. And I wouldn't count that as working out. That's just more like spending time together. Yeah. I mean, we watched Yellowstone the other day. Like we do normal things together. Trust me. (laughs) It's a normal couple. I like it. Um, speaking of normal, what is your guilty pleasure? What's your cheat meal? Since we've we've told the audience how to be healthy and take make right yeah I used to when be you're like ready very, to make a bad decision what is it yeah I used to be very like intentional about this everyone knows me as like the cupcake connoisseur because I had my birthday at a cupcake place once and I I once went to Sprinkles in one year I went ninety five times that's how often I went so I used to be all about that but as again as I've gotten older my body's just gotten a little bit more sensitive so. Now what I do is I do more like what I consider like a clean cheat. So like I'll eat an ice cream sandwich almost every day, but it's only a single serving, 100 calories and like non-dairy. So um, I might eat like a cookie or something, but it's like either a super small cookie that's only 100 calories or it's like a Quest cookie or something like that. So now I do a lot more what I would consider like clean cheats or other things because then I can have a lot more of them and I can have one almost every day if I wanted to. And it's not like, oh, I got to wait all week just to have this one thing that makes sense. So, yep. Grilled cheese with tomato soup. And I did it at a work lunch last week in Dallas. We were at this awesome oh, restaurant man. called Haywire. And it was and it was on the menu. It was like a spicy barbacoa grilled cheese. And I'm like, I normally wouldn't do this during the week at work, but I'm going for it. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to go for it. Yep. That's true. <laughs> Uh, I'm a, I'm a grilled cheese king these days. Cause I have seven year old boy, twin boys and the grilled oh cheese God. is r- right down the middle for them. So, Oh, heck yeah. yeah. Oh, you gotta have That's a lot of discipline. So I was making yep. for yourself. <laughs> yes, <definitely>. Um, <laughs> all right. Final question. Uh, one thing that's on your bucket list, it could be together. It could be separate. You go first. Hmm. Bucket list item for my life. Wow. That's, that's, deep. that's a deep question. Uh, I think, uh, for me, it would be, uh, getting my audiobook out. I have a book on Amazon. It was a number one bestseller in the apps category, but it's only available on Kindle and I haven't gotten the paperback and the audiobook out because I want to do a second edition. So getting that out on all formats, I think would be a bucket list item because then I would be able to just help as many people as I possibly can, which is honestly my goal is to help as many people as I can, because so many people don't get the book because it's not in the format that they prefer. And to have all the formats out there available, updated, revised, second edition, that would be, that's my, yeah. Cool. And mine is hitting vice chairman status. So that's the highest status you can get in broke as a broker. And my partner, Alex, just got it, I want to say like two months ago. And it's really like the pinnacle of our business. Like not only obviously you're at a really high income level, but it also means like you've got the clients, you've done the work, you there's really not a lot left to do once you hit vice chair. And so I feel like those of us that are still on the climb, that's what we're working towards. 
So that's my ultimate bucket list. And hopefully the goal would also be to get it before I'm 50 years old. Before 45 would be even better, but. You can do it. You'll do it. Thank you. Well, very motivating bucket list goals. Very motivating conversation. Hopefully our audience can take some cues away from it. Thanks so much, Anya and Jackson, for joining. Um, Anya, we know how to reach you. Jackson, if people wanted to find you or find your book, like how would they do that? So the book is on Amazon. You just look for Seven Secrets for Chiseled Abs. I know that sounds like a scammy title. Uh, nice. The people have written in the reviews. It sounds scammy. It's not. The science is there and it's proven. It's got 105, I think, 4.8 star reviews. Uh, so Seven Secrets for Chiseled Abs on Amazon. And then if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Action Jackson Fitness. Nice. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate your time and all the insights. Um, best of luck to you on those bucket list items. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye.